0: Nebraska baseball gets their season started out Friday, and they will have quite the competition. Baylor, Texas Tech, Oklahoma, all at Globe Life to get the season started. Happy to talk some Husker baseball with assistant coach Lance Arvell joining us. Coach, the dude getting the dudes. How are you? How's the season so far?
1: <laughs> the dude abide. Uh, good morning, guys.
0: <laughs> so I w- want to get into it. I mean, this, this is a weekend that... Obviously, you know the competition is going to be uh, very challenging. I know you guys like that about this team. So uh, as as we always ask coaches going into that first weekend, other than the obvious of trying to get as many wins as you can out of the whole situation, w- what are you hoping to see? What do you sort of anticipate seeing, especially from something that you're kind of a little bit more in on with the offense? What What, what is what is kind of the, the, the big takeaway that you guys are hoping to see here uh, getting out of Globe Life?
1: Yeah, I think um, for me, and and all of us, we we kind of just want to see the work that we've put in, the preparation show up on game day. You know, I think that's probably what any any coach would tell you. And you just want to see the same team that that you've seen over the past six months or so. You know, um, and especially here in the last month. You know, as we as we've started prepping for the season, you just want to see that team show up. And we tell our guys every day, it's like you know we work a certain way, and and we we have a certain standard for a reason and and it's so our preparation you know it's it's harder than what the actual game day might be you know and and we throw everything at them we try to speed them up we try to make everything harder um and kind of move faster than than what it might on a game day so that they're they're prepared you know and and when when game day comes they can just let their training kind of show up you know what i mean and and just kind of um go out there and what we talk about every day is let's, let's attack, you know, every day at practice and and our preparation uh, with, with joy and intent, you know, Mm. and and like just the, the the passion for what we're doing and and not overlooking anything and um, you know, celebrating every little small thing and and just kind of embracing the hard stuff uh, so that on game day we can go out there and, and just play fast, hard and loose, you know, just, just let it, you know, let it kind of hang out there and, and let your, let your training kind of show up and just go, go play loose, go play fearless, go play fast. And, uh, and that's what, that's what I think we all, you know, would like to see. And obviously, uh, you want to win games. I mean, that's, that's a big part of it too. Like, like we want to win. We're, we're competitors and and we're in the competition business, you know, um, and we want to win. And and I think we've got a group, uh, that, that is highly competitive and, and, um, you know, that's, that's what I'm hoping shows up this weekend.
2: How further ahead are you guys? Because you spent more time either at Den Hartog or in your own ballpark compared to being in the Hawks Championship Center because the weather has cooperated.
1: Yeah, that's that's huge. I mean, the uh, the weather being you know sunny and fifty degrees somewhere you know somewhere in that ballpark for the last two and a half three weeks uh, has been awesome, and and we've been able to to be out here you know at Haymarket um, for about the last week or so. Um, and, and having been our just right across town that we can mm. jog over there and, and, uh, and scrimmage it's, it's big because, uh, while it's, you know, obviously it's, it's great and it's awesome to have the indoor facilities that we have being in, in this part of the country, this time of the year, um, you can only simulate so much, yeah. you know, and, and while we're going to, we're never going to make excuses for it and we're going to make the best out of it and find ways to get better. Um, <clears throat> but you, you just can't, um, you can't put a price tag on, on what it's for us, you know, being outside the last three weeks and being able to scrimmage and, and getting those, those looks, you know, like for, for hitters, it's just, it's just a different, uh, it's just a different thing, you know, picking up spin on the ball inside versus, you know, being, being outside, you know, I mean, it just is uh, it's, it's been huge. So we've been, we've been real fortunate with that.
0: Well, and she probably even had a chance to see this back in the fall, but and I know you had a lot of respect for Jeff Christie. The the changes made, uh, you know, Rob Childers has now taken over the pitching staff, and we know his history in being able to transform a pitching staff into an elite group. Just going all the way back to fall and what you've seen now and practices leading up, what what has been the Rob Childers effect, just from your vantage point?
1: Well, yeah, I think it's it's. Very similar, too, because, um, you know, Jeff obviously being a, a catcher here in, in the same system when, right. when Rob was the pitching coach here and then coming up under him as a coach, it's it's still pretty much the same system and, and about the same things. You know, having guys compete when they're on the mound, throwing strikes, um, working ahead of hitters. Uh, and so <laughs> it's it's been more of the same, you know, I think. I mean, it hasn't been uh, that – vast i guess or or stark contract sure. um from those things, but um you know rob you just rob is is uh you know he's one of a kind, and i think <laughs> um his kind of effect on the guys um he's got a way and i you know obviously i i played for him and and will when i was when I was at a and m and and kind of having experienced it firsthand and then also kind of starting my coaching career coming up under both of those guys as well, Rob has a, just an innate ability um, to make you do things you don't want to do. And I I don't mean that uh, from like a manipulation standpoint, but I mean it more from like a leadership standpoint, you know, maybe something that you don't want to do, or maybe it's not that fun, but it gets you to do it and it gets you to like doing it, you know, and and it's just, there's a, there's a unique quality there um, where, you know, you just, guys, guys just love him and, and you just respect him and, and it's almost like a father figure. Like you just kind of, you want to perform, you want to, you know, you kind of want to please him. You want to get that, that approval from him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so <clears throat> you, this is kind of what I've, what I've seen again, not, mm-hmm. not in stark contrast to what it's been, you know, the last several years, but, um, just what I've seen with, with the guys this year is just kind of that, um, maybe competitiveness, I guess, from the standpoint of, um, you know they, how demanding Rob is, and and what those guys they 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 want to do well. You know, um, not just for him, but for the team. But just Rob's got that he's got that ability. I don't know what it is. I mean, we kind of joke and, and we call him the the master manipulator. If he starts if he starts twisting that mustache a little bit, you know, some, some some's coming your way, whether you like it or not.
2: So he'll he'll have a he'll have a staff to work with that has a, a lot of options out of the bullpen, but. I'm glad Brett Sears, the old man, gets the start, the, the ball to begin the year. I mean, the guy's going to be 24 in May. And, yeah. you know, we, we saw a glimpse of him last year. He went to the Northwoods League. And, man, he was lights out. So I'm happy that he has worked his butt off to get the opportunity to start <laughs> the opening game. And then you have uh, Clark and Walsh that are also going to be throwing this weekend. But as you have watched from fall ball now into the run-up to this weekend in Arlington, from the pitcher standpoint... What guy have you been sitting there with the rest of the staff watching a scrimmage, and you turn to the guy to your left or right and go, dang, that's some nasty stuff. Who on the mound has stood out to you before the season begins?
1: Yeah. Well, first of all, be careful calling Sears the old man because Kyle Perry might take offense to that. Yeah,
2: uh, that's a good uh, point. Yeah. Yeah. Kyle's like thirty-one. Yeah, Kyle's like a pitcher and a coach, isn't he? <laughs> I, I think he's. I think he's driving the bus on a few places,
1: uh, He's the only um, guy that can rent a car on the road. <laughs> yeah. uh, he's he's got approval approval on the P card, but I don't even. Know. Uh, so we got some emergencies. We we'll go, go to KP. Um, no, you know the the staff this year. You know, kind of like it's it's really kind of built different. It's kind of built from the from the back to the front. Um, and, and not saying that that our starters aren't any good. Obviously, they are. Um, but yeah, kind of from the from the stuff standpoint, and the guys that when they're on the mound, say, like, okay, hits are going to be at a premium here. Like we're going to have to really lock in on on an approach at the plate because this guy is just nasty. Uh, there's there's a few guys, um, you know. Casey Dice on the back end, I think he's he's probably going to, you know, be our be our closer or, or one of them. Um, he's <clears> – <throat> nothing he throws is straight. He's a, you know, fastball slider guy. He's got a changeup. He's going to be – you know, he's he's been anywhere from 90 to 94. And he's – I mean, the ball's moving almost two feet, you know, a foot and a half to two feet uh, of, of sink and run. And, and it's like – it's either – it's either moving. You know, as a right-handed hitter, the fastball is either running in a foot and a half on you, mm-hmm. or it's moving a foot and a half away from you with the slider. Um, he's he's one of them. Bobby Olson, transfer uh, from from Brown. Um, he's got a he's got a big league curveball. Uh, Grant Clevenger, big uh, left-hander, transfer from from Tulane. Um, he's 90 to 95 with a again just a big league breaking ball uh, so we've got some guys with with some stuff there at at the back end that, that we feel pretty good um, you know turning the ball over to in the bullpen and getting um, kind of getting better as the game goes on on the mound and, and we've kind of messed around talking uh, talking as a staff just kind of combinations of pitchers and games okay and and um, you know, Coach Bolt kind of had a a little uh, a question for us a couple weeks ago, where he had grouped like three groups of pitchers together mm-hmm. and said, "Okay, if you had to pick to go win a game today, this guy's starting, and then you're going in order, turning the ball over to these guys down the bullpen. Um, which one are you going to?" And and between me and Rob uh, and and Siri, uh, each of us had three different answers, wow. which is, is a good. pretty good. A pretty good sign, you know. It's and and you can make cases for all of it. So, um, you know, the the pitching staff again, where it might not be look traditional, where it's you've got the bell cow on on a Friday night that's going to give you know you're going to get you know seven or eight innings from every time out. Sears could be that guy, you know. Like we we've got the guys at the front end that could absolutely do that. You know, we saw it last year with Walsh. You know, he can go out there and and carve you up um, and and go through a lineup several times um but we feel like we don't have to be as demanding you know like the demands on those starters aren't as great um you know we feel like we can say hey look just go out there and and get us to the lineup a couple times and then we'll turn it over to these guys you know in in the bullpen to come in and and go finish this thing off and so from an offensive standpoint again just kind of looking at the whole thing here kind of put together um you know feel pretty good about if we can if we can run offense or or get somehow some way just get a lead you know by like the 6th inning or so feel good uh about turning it over to uh to those guys in the bullpen to go finish it off and and so that's that's kind of the that's kind of the formula a little bit going into the season
0: here talking to Nebraska baseball assistant coach Lance Harvell, Lance the other part that I'm sure you get asked going into this season from media and in it from you know people from the outside is how do you replace the production that you get from Bryce Matthews and Max Anderson? And I'm sure the simple question is, or the simple answer is, you don't with just two other guys. But you also look at this this group. You know, I, I'm thinking of a Garrett Anglum, I'm, I'm thinking of a Gabe Swanson, a Dylan Carey, even a Ben Columbus in there offensively. Is that kind of the idea with this group? Is you, you don't have the two guys that are going to fill in and do that what those guys did from a historical standpoint, but you've got multiple guys that can replace that production.
1: Well, for me it, it comes down to simple math. I mean, you got Gabe Swanson that hit eighteen home runs last year, so I've just told him just be twice as good as you would
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know, no uh, big deal
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh no but i mean really the the answer kind of the simple answer uh is you don't you don't replace that that kind of production. You have two guys that had um you know seasons they just so happened to be on the same team in the same year, but they they had uh, you know. Seasons that are going to go down in in history, like historic seasons in terms of the program, and you got guys that uh, you know, first rounder and a second rounder that are all everything. Uh, You you don't you just you don't replace those guys um, easily, and so the way that you do it is just in the in the aggregate, right? And so and I and I think again, just the personnel that we have and the way that you know we we've built this team is it's it's more consistent kind of from from top to bottom so i've told i've told some people this and, and people probably think i'm crazy and it time will i guess um but it's crazy to think that you know maybe you lose um a first round shortstop in a second round second baseman but still feel like you you could have a better offense a better lineup top to bottom you know i mean the, mm-hmm. the production is going to be spread out it's going to have to be um but I really do feel like it's gonna just gonna kind of be a little bit different brand of, of baseball, a little bit different brand of, of offense, um, where you know we can kind of create some more things and just it, it can be a little bit more dynamic. I think our our team speed top to bottom is is better this year. Um, I think guys, we have we have more older guys in the lineup that understand the offense um, and, and just kind of understand the moving parts and why we do certain things, and so having like that, that's what I feel like my job is a lot of times, or, or the biggest part of my job um, is getting guys to, to understand what we're trying to do, to kind of think along with me mm-hmm. so that they're, you know, a step ahead or two steps ahead or whatever. So that, again, going back to what I said, so that we can play fast, you know. Yeah. And if we're trying to put pressure on the defense, yeah. if we're out there having to, you know, make decisions or we get caught in between on, you know, just say on the bases trying to make a decision, do we go or not? Well, that's not playing fast. That's not speeding up the defense. That's not putting pressure on the defense. That's not forcing them to make a play to get us out. If we already know ahead of time, you know, all right, if I'm on first base and there's a base hit here i'm I'm going. I understand the situation I understand what I'm doing. like there is no dec- my only decision I gotta make is to stop. you know, and so if we're playing aggressive in the, the kind of of baseball and the brand of baseball um, that we want to play that again that we've been playing for. You know, all through the fall and, and all through the last month, um, then you know, then I think we've got something. I think that I think the production is going to come. You know, the body of work at the at the end of the year is is, is going to be fine. You know, we may not go set school records again for, for home runs. You know, but um, you know, I would I would much rather. And it's a question that I that I pose to the guys. Um, you know, every fall, like on on the first day, would you rather? you know, be a guy or or, or be a team that, that sets school records and national for stats, or do you want to go set the school records for wins, you know, when you're close to regional? And, and, yep. and, and, you know, obviously the answer is, is clear. And so, you know, if we uh, if we end up hitting 260 as a team, but, but we go win 45 games, I'll, I'll take that, yeah. mm-hmm. you know. So, <laughs> so uh, it, it's, one of, it's one of those deals, like from a production standpoint. Mm-hmm. The, the numbers are going to be what they are. Um, there, there's kind of one, it's that whole, the, the win column is the only one we're really worried about. Yeah.
2: So, if there's one thing trending is, it seems like we, we find breakout stars when they get to their sophomore year in this program, and the next guy is Dylan Carey. So, besides him moving on the left side of the infield from third to short, what will people notice different? About this kid who, you know, last year he everybody was like, "Whoa, this could be a big guy." You hear about him in the fall. What will be different about Dylan Carey this year?
1: Yeah, um, well, he had a he had an unbelievable fall. Um, <clears throat> he had, I think, uh, shoot, eighteen or something extra base hits this fall. I mean, it just it was like you couldn't get him out, and and it was almost like I didn't I didn't realize how good, how dangerous he was until the the red white uh, the fall world series when I was coaching against him on the other team. Yeah. And every time he came to the plate, I mean you like the blood pressure horizon. You're like, oh man, all right. Do not let this guy be you know, and he still did, you know. Um so I, I think uh for him, you know, the biggest thing the biggest thing for him, and I'll kind of tell tell this story. So I, I had the guys, uh we, we always give them like a hitter's test to to kind of see where they're at, their understanding of you know with the signs and the, and just the offense situations and all that kind of stuff. And I had the guys on on the back of their test this year, kind of write. All right, I want you to write in your own words what your role on this team is and and what you're going to do to to help us win. And had had meetings with them and kind of went went through that stuff with them. And and, Bill and he said, you know, last year I wanted I wanted to be like the learner, the student, and I just wanted to kind of almost sit back and learn. He goes, this year I want to be the teacher. And nice. that that just kind of tells me from a maturity standpoint, like that, that's not something that. And, and knowing him, he's not just going to say things, you know, flippantly. And 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 so um, that just kind of tells me where his where his head's at. And and if you watch him, like his his actions, the way he works, and the way he goes about his business every day, um, it, it backs that up. You know, that he's like, I want to be the the guy that's that's setting you know kind of setting the tone for the day and, and kind of being um, you know the as far as the standard go like mm-hmm. holding myself to that standard but holding everybody else to it as well and I, and I told him and a few other guys um, like yeah there's there's a difference you know there, there's a subtle difference in kind of setting the standard and then also being the standard bearer you know because that's a that's a heavy cross to bear and and he's done it along with several other guys you know and it's like if, if you're willing to pick that up and carry that every single day and, and not only be kind of leading by example, but also, you know, bringing the vocal side where, where guys are hearing your voice. I mean, you're, you're the shortstop, man. Like you're, you, you know, it's like, you can't be, you can't be a church mouse out there. And that's, that's the kind of seeing like the growth, uh, you know, with him, he's got the physical tools and all that. Um, and so I think, um, just the kind of the natural progression, him, him going from, playing on the left side with Bryce every day last year and playing an unbelievable third base all year, by the way, as a, as a freshman. And, and now moving into that, that stuff. he had a great role model in Bryce. Um, and, and now he's kind of taking that and kind of making it his own. Uh, and so he's, he's, he's just kind of shown that maturity um, from, from a leadership standpoint. And then again, from the physical side, uh, there's nothing he can't do on, on the baseball field. Um, I mean, he's, He's a, he's a pro prospect already, um, and you know he's got a really strong arm, accurate arm. Um, he's probably going to be hitting 3-0 for us. And, and he had a tremendous fall, and, and I'm hoping, you know again, that, that he kind of just shows that this spring and, and shows what, uh, what he's capable of. Hey,
2: Lance, always great to have you on. Uh, that means baseball season is here. Safe travels down to Arlington. Great weekend of baseball, and uh, good luck. Yeah, appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me. That's uh, Lance Harvell, assistant coach for Nebraska baseball. Uh, Dylan Carey is draft eligible as a sophomore. Yes, he is. So he'll get a lot of attention this year from uh, scouts.
0: Yep, and you know it's interesting when he kind of brought up the the evolution of your true freshman year to your sophomore year, and I remember seeing Max and Bryce both go through this, where you had that really strong, super senior class, you know, with the Jackson Hallmarks and uh, the the Luke Roscoms. the Joe Ackers of the world. And so they kind of took a backseat to that. And then it, that was that really awkward sophomore year for both of them, where their production went down to, you didn't have a lot of voices in that clubhouse. And I think a lot of people were kind of looking at Max and Bryce because they were highly productive guys, but they didn't feel like, you know, they're still kind of young and still kind of an experience with it. And it's. Last year is where you saw them both sort of on the field and even off the field kind of take a little bit more of that vocal leadership role as much as, you know, their personality would have let them. It's interesting to hear that about Dylan Carey, who's already looking to kind of take on that role because you got a lot, you still got a lot of new faces. Like Garrett Englum's a guy who's been there for a while, Gabe Swanson, and those guys you're going to, you're really going to rely on too. But that's, I think that's a real positive development there with a guy that, had such an important role last year that's going to be even a bigger part of what they're trying to do offensively. He mentioned a guy, by the way, guys, that I, I've been hearing nothing but amazing things, and you're probably going to see him try to close down games. Casey Dice, guy out of uh, Pasco Hernandez Junior College, a stud. And when he talks about movement from everything that I've heard too, this guy, it, when he's got it going, and this is where I like the Rob Childers effect of emphasizing the strikes – and if you're not throwing strikes, you're not going to be out there. And that is so true. If, the, if you're seeing Casey Dice out there, it means not only does Rob Childers trust that he's going to get, he's going to pound the zone, that ball is going to be moving a lot. This could be, just keep your eye on it. This could be one of the more, dare I say, dominant closers if it all kind of works out for Casey Dice that they've had in a while. Just based on his ball movement, the angle it comes in, he can make hitters look pretty, he's going to get a lot of swing and miss stuff.
2: All right, Tom Ott, you're on the clock. <laughs> um, so there, there, there is part of the announcement of the rotation yesterday that is a little bit of a bummer, but back to your point of Rob Childress, is Drew Christo is mm-hmm. not in the starting rotation. You thought he'd be the Friday guy. And I have a lot of people that stop me and say, is he ever going to break through? And I said, man, I watched him in high school, and his stuff was electric. Yeah. And you've seen a batter or two where the Elkhorn High, Drew Christo, shows up and he had a good offseason, he had a good fall, and he has not gotten off to a great start, just because In this is the difference with Rob Childress, where he's holding guys accountable, and at the end of the day, it will make them better. And I also think their weekend rotation is still going to be in a little bit of flux. Agreed. I mean, they're going to try some guys out. Is If you can't throw strikes and miss bats, you're not given a pass. Right. And I think that's what happened with Drew Christo. We'll kind of explain it yesterday, but that's my feeling is, not throwing strikes, he's not missing bats, mm-hmm. so we're not just going to put him out there as a starter. Especially against those that let, competition let this him, weekend. Let him work out of the bullpen. Yeah. But it is now or never. It I is. Mean, you got he, the guy teaching when, you. When he's on, it's electric, man, and he's big time. Mm-hmm. But we just have not seen that in two-plus years. It is kind of now or never. But Rob Childers might be the best thing that's ever happened to Drew Christo. I,
0: I totally agree. And, and another thing, too, I think is important to also look at when you see that rotation with Drew Christo not in it this weekend. There is a guy that you got to remember the last time we saw him. It was impressive, and he's now finally fully healthy. Will Walsh. Remember the Big Ten tournament yeah. game against Michigan State? That was a four-hit, nine-inning CG shutout. Like That was our last impression. That was when he was finally healthy, has good stuff. That's another story. And again, under Rob Childers' tutelage, that's another story that is going to be fascinating to watch because Will Walsh has always kind of had that ability, but he's battling injuries so much. Now he's got Rob Childers behind him, too. And what he was able to give you that last time out before uh, Nebraska season ended, it's kind of got you curious and wanting more uh, of what Will Walsh can bring, too. Yeah,
2: they got to find a number one and number two, and then, uh, as important, a number four. Yep, and went six Mid-weeks. and six in the midweek uh, last
0: year. They got options. All
2: right, <laughs> uh, another hour to uh, come. Uh, we'll go to Kansas City. Cole Stupenholz, who uh, works at our sister station KLIN, uh, he is taking the family to the parade again. Third straight time he's been at the parade. Got to warn you guys. You weren't with me the first time. Uh, we ran into some ladies that had been oh yeah had been tailgating before the parade. All right. So just prepare yourself accordingly. But okay. uh, Cole is scheduled to join us, uh, from KC in about half an hour. Brandon Vogel from CounterRead.com stops by as well in sixteen twenty. The zone.